Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, welcome to Finders Grievers, a happy-ish podcast about sad things. I'm your host, Shohana Sharman. On today's episode, I get to chat with a real hardcore mom lover. And for a self-proclaimed mom lover like me, that is a real treat. Daphne Joseph is a bilingual actor, comedian, and writer originally from Montreal. She graduated from the conservatory at the Second City Training Center and joined their EDCO cast while teaching improv workshop in English and French. She's also part of the inaugural featured players at Bad Dog Theater. Her improv duo, Coco and Daphne, performed in festivals like Harborfront's Brave Festival in 2018, Chicago Comedy Festival, Boston Comedy Festival, Del Close Marathon in New York, and many, many more. In 2015, she met Florian Francois. They formed Dufflo, and together they improvise and write sketches in Quebec and Ontario. They've also performed at Montreal Sketchfest with the troupe Booby Trap. Daphne has done stand-up at Yak Yaks for the Nubian show, Absolute Comedy, Sheetah Festival, Shade Festival, and Yas Queen. She has appeared in Private Eyes, Baroness Von Sketch, and Pranks. All right. Hi, Daphne. Hi! (laughs) How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I like your glasses. I think the I think you're like a little bit pinkish slash orangish. It it's works really an well actual you. rainbow. I mean, a similar of a rainbow vibe. Thank you for saying it. I just got them, and <laughs> I think that's one of the reasons I'm like, are we gonna be on video? Because just... <laughs> oh, we have to be on video yeah. with those glasses. They look Thank great. You. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I I really just got them. I've been waiting for them for like close to three months, two months. Yeah. Did you order online? I did absolutely. I buy direct. If you guys want to refer, call. <laughs> <laughs> Looking for sponsorships. <laughs> yeah. Um, how have you been? Good, good. Uh I can't really complain. I mean, I know times are like super shitty for everyone. I'm very lucky. I'm this pandemic has been um eye-opening for me, very therapeutic almost, which is a shitty thing to say because you know what everyone else, but I can't complain. I'm counting my blessings, that's for sure. Well, uh, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I know that you and I have chatted a little bit about the experience of grief. Right. So I wanted to talk to you in this format 
what other excuse can I use? Can I just like message you on Instagram being like, you want to talk about, <laughs> Do you want to talk about this? I mean, you yeah. let me know. <laughs> it doesn't work so well over DM. Um, but I'm hoping this format. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to start by just learning about your mom a little bit. So can you tell me about her? Yeah. Um, my mom, her name was Josette Joseph. And uh, she was the best person in the world. I could truly say, yeah, she was the best person. Everything that's good about me, I got it from her. Sometimes I wonder if it's weird to say, or I'm like, I don't care, but I obsessed with my mom. Like I w- always want to talk about her. And um, I always want to tell people what she did. She was smart. She worked really, really hard. She was a teacher for kids with disability or trouble learning. She raised four kids by herself. Um, you know, she was in one of those situations where she was dark skin and skinny and she had like all these um, things that people make fun of her or trying to put her down for, you know, growing up, they were like, you're too dark, you're too skinny, your lips are too big, your nose is too big. And so that's one thing that she like, internalized, but she was so, she was so, she's very, she was very smart. So she studied a lot. So all of these things, when I put it all together, it's like someone who went through so much shit somehow still want to help people and is always uh, very positive, but also very, really, really smart. Not not just not like, not just book smart, but really, really smart. She understands book the same way she understands people's personality. And she always said, um, we're four kids and we're all very different. Like my brother is not the same as me and my sisters are twins and they are very different. Like so for my mom, she always said, like, to navigate the situation, she's like, I know I need to know each of them well. I know how to talk to Daphne if I want to get them. I know how to talk to Dave. And on top of all that, she was so pretty strict in a way of strict. Like, if if my mom said no for something, it's no. <laughs> she's cool. She'll talk. But it's and I res- and until now, I respect her for never flip flopping on some stuff. Back then, I would have been like, come on, can I sleep over? All my friends are doing sleepover. My mom's like, absolutely not. All of this to say she was my favorite person in the world. Mm. My mom was also a teacher and she she used to teach kindergarten when she was younger. And then later in life, she um, actually ended up teaching um, at a college mm-hmm. in, in Bangladesh. But she had what my friends always described as like teacher voice mm-hmm. where if she said something it was like it was instantly the law of yep. the land like there's no there's no messing around when when my mom was drawn and it's so funny because to me she was just like my mom right but to all my friends and to like my aunts and uncles they were all scared of her like because she was so she was very decisive in that like no that's the way you do it and that's the right way. And I don't want to hear about it. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, like a lot of what you're saying is ringing true. Yeah. I think it's just like a teacher mom thing. Absolutely. I remember I went to her class and I remember I asked one of the students, I was like, is my mom nice? He's like, yeah, she's very, very nice. But she, if she says we're not supposed to do something, we're not going to do it. They're very much <laughs> the kids. If after her passing, me and my sibling, we each get, got we kept getting messages from some of her previous students who were like, mm-hmm. "Your mom, thanks to you, like I just found out that your mom passed away. I'm so heartbroken. It's because of her that I went to high school because she had all these kids with trouble, uh, with 
trouble learning and concentration and stuff like that. Each of these victories, each of them, like it made a lot of, um, these were kids that people didn't believe in, some of them, right? So when they found out the message, they all messaged us like, wow, I remember your mom. She pushed me to go to, and now I'm in high school. I'm Now I'm in college, like for months and months. And these people were contact one of us. So they either had my name or they had my brother's name. So it was never the same person twice. So like for a bit, we were just like sending us screenshots. I was like, we got this about mommy. Oh uh, yeah, we got this about mommy. And so when you think about that, I'm like, of course, she was great. <laughs> it was like, she was, she was, she was the best. She was tough, but she was soft. You know, she had the perfect balance. That's lovely. Did she have any hobbies? Yeah. Uh, my mom loved reading, definitely. And she loved arts and craft, which I'm a big arts and craft person. Uh, but because we couldn't afford the big thing, like we would go to Dollarama and like do arts and craft. And she, so she was very artsy. Yeah, she loved doing stuff. She even made like in her when she was in university a board game. Oh. So she created board game about recycling. Yeah, she recycling, and then she had the whole layout. So she cut it up after, and she had made these uh, this aquarium out of a, a shoebox, and she had cut the the middle parts and she put like these um a clear plastic paper i don't know the name of it in english but it's light blue and then she had straight so these were all stuff no one asked her to do it uh but it's just something she was like oh that would be interesting if i do that or then she made a whole village that was funny she made a whole village with you know the twist tie that she made the people and then she like made the house she loved arts and craft yeah that's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. I'm, my mind is blown that she made uh, a board game. Yeah. That sounds so... I feel like you have to have a special kind of mind to do something like that. I still have a piece. I don't have all her board game, but I still have one of the card because it was kind of like a Monopoly thing. So if you get a thing, you flip. Mm. And I give her the name of uh, the board game. And I remember one of them, it was either recycled, reuse, or repurpose I believe so then she got one in one of the card I still have it from I don't know where the board game is but I have one of the card from the board game like she printed it put it on a a red background and made uh, how do you call that laminated so oh wow Mm. (laughs) that's amazing um I always I always wanted me to make her laugh that was Mm. kind of like my thing growing up because every time she laughed Every time she smiled, she had such a like a, a warm smile. It really felt, it was intense when she smiled. So I, I don't remember exactly, but when I would do stupid, stupid things, like in the grocery stores, I would say something funny. And, you know, I was, the way I am right now is exactly the way I was when I was six years old. So yeah, I was always joking. I was always talking. I was very bubbly. So <laughs> you don't really need to imagine this is exactly who I was. So just moments where she wasn't supposed to laugh, but then like at church, if I did something that was very funny, she's trying to focus and then she'll have like a little smile in the corner of her uh, her mouth or, you know, places that like we see someone, someone who's talking to her, like um, a cab driver and he's like going on and on and talking. And I could tell that my mom is like ready to go, but she's trying to be very polite. So she's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then she looked at me and I would be making weird faces and she was like, like trying to push me on the side these little moments um yeah I remember them a lot I love that so it sounds like you had kind of like a playful relationship with your mom 
Not, I wouldn't say too playful because she definitely felt like she was the mom. Like, you know, she always was very important. She's like, mm-hmm. I'm not your friend. I'm your mom. She's like, she had an expression. She was like, we, we, ne- we didn't grow up together. She's like, we were not sitting in the same school bench. This is a Haitian saying. The translation is like not as interesting, but in Creole, <laughs> it's like, we were not sitting in the same school bench. So we don't know each other like that. So mm-hmm. it was important for her to set the, that line. Like, you're never going to talk back to me. You're not going to yell. This I'm the I'm the parent here. She always says, like, remember this, I made this. But the fun moments were, like, as long as this was understood, whether or not we have disagreement, like, she even mm-hmm. says, like, if, you, if something happens and you disagree with me, we could talk about it. But at the end of the day, I, the ultimate, I'll listen to your point of view. She's like, I want it, but at the end of the day, <laughs> I still made that decision. So as long as you followed what you were saying, the rules, like, so I never felt like it was a friendship. I wouldn't tell her, like, oh, I like this guy. <laughs> we didn't have that type of relationship. <laughs> She's just trying to tell me, like, don't forget to wear a condom. I'm like, whoa, what are you talking about? Oh, my God. I'm, I'm a virgin, and you're a virgin. Everybody in this house is a virgin. We're never talking about this again. But, yeah, that, that part, I never really crossed. We never, I, I couldn't. I, until now, I hope my mom is still a virgin. Oh my god! <laughs> my head, that part I can't really make sense of, but yeah, it was definitely. I felt very safe with her. It felt safe, even when I would go through weird situations, just a phone call and just hear her voice before she gave me the solution, calm me down. Um, I love that. I remember. I think I was like nineteen when my mom first started being like, "You know, we can be friends, and you can tell me things, right?" And I was like, "Nope." Not at all. No. no. And then she kept coming around to being like, you know, we're at that age where like you can tell me when you like people. And I was like, no, I absolutely cannot. And then <laughs> there was one time where like I really like this guy and it didn't work out. Um, and I was really, really sad. So right. I went to her, I was like, okay, fine, I'll tell you. And I told her, like, hey, I really like this guy mm-hmm. and he doesn't feel the same way, and I'm really sad about it. And she was like, Well, I, all you have to do is pray. <laughs> First and last time I told her about anyone I liked, I was like, that is not a solution. Thank you so much for trying. We're never doing this again. <laughs> Thank you so much for trying. Your heart is yeah. right. <laughs> Literally, like, you should read the Quran more and then, you know, you'll find what's right for you. I was like, this is the worst decision. <laughs> so bad that I decided to talk to you about this. I really wasn't expecting that, but I love it. Try praying about it. All right. I feel better already. Thanks, mom. <laughs> um, so did your, you said you have three other siblings. Mm-hmm. Did that relationship differ from yours when it came to your mom? Or is it kind of, you said that she spoke to each one of you in a different way. Yeah. So tell me more about that. The f- funny part, I guess I would say I know I could speak for my brother and I could speak for my sister. They felt the same way about my mom. Like mm-hmm. all four of us, we are like, we love our mom. We all, we could talk about, it's almost like she, after she gave birth to us and raised us, she kind of created, we created our own little thing, right? It was her and mm-hmm. us. And because she was so good at being a mom, 
she knew how to talk to my brother is the only boy he's the oldest he's more quiet so her and him had a special bond right she always my mom is the oldest of the 11 kids so uh, she always felt like you know what I, I when I'm gonna have a kid when I have kids I want I want to have a son first and then I want a daughter because I want the son to protect the daughter. That was that thing that she always thought about. So she has my brother and then she's like, that's, that's my prince. And my father was not a good person. It was abusive and everything. So she had her and Dave had like, this is us together. And then there's me who shows up, who is like a ball of energy. I'm talking constantly. I'm just out of control. I'm giving her headache, but she gets me. I'm very creative like her. We, you know, she allows me to be, she thinks that when she thinks I, when I told her, I'm, you know, I always wanted to be an actress. She was the first one. I'm like, absolutely. But this is what you'll need to do. You're going to need another job because this is not the type of work. She was telling me about the industry and she wasn't uh, an actress or anything. And then she gets a twin and then the twins are like, it's, we all have like the, the they're so opposite. They're so opposite. With Ingrid, she has the fun part where she keeps a, a very deep emotional connection. And then with Angie, she has the person who they almost could uh, go to adventures. And she would be like, let's go for let's go for a walk over there. Let's discover that spot. Mom would be like, yeah, okay. And these two, so individually, she created these very, very strong bond. And she also created it with, with each other. Like my brother and my sister's, are like everything for me. Like they are, each other were very close. And I think she also, she did all of that by raising us, raising all us very tight together. So the day that she wasn't going to be there, Hmm. it was all like, it it became like, we were already very close, all four of us. And then it got like a lot tighter. Cause now we're like, I know there's three people on this planet who are suffering just as much as me. I don't even have to, everyone else could feel my pain. That's fine. Every, my mom was amazing. Of course, you're going to miss her, you know. But these other three, I don't even have to say it. I know how deep it hurts me. It hurts each of them at deep, uh, as deep. And that's, um, and I, I think that's all her wonderful work as making sure, even if we had fish, that your brother and your sister, that's what you have. So creating this very strong bond within each other and then strong bond with her it was kind of like almost like a perfect ecosystem that we had. Like we lived just, is that the word? Would that be ecosystem? Maybe a vacuum. I don't know. One of those very smart words for who I would have used, but created this vacuum, I guess. Well, it was just us, 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 us. And um, yeah. I love that. I have an older brother and I feel like it was, I didn't realize till much later in life that my mom had a similar thing where she had a very different relationship with him than she did with me, but both were equally, I don't know what the word word is, but like she was an amazing mom to both of us, but in very yeah. different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She was what you needed and what your brother needed. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think like my brother's relationship with my mom was always more like, mischievous and playful whereas Mm -hmm. mine was a little bit more serious not Mm -hmm. serious but I think I was the younger child I was the only daughter and my mom always worried about me a lot more so I think towards me she was a lot more protective Mm -hmm. whereas with him she was like 
yeah, he'll be fine. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's it's really interesting to think about. And like after she passed away, I remember I I knew on some level that my brother was really, really hurting. Mm. And I think he still is, but we have never talked about it. Mm. And I think there's something, some sort of a weird, like, I think because our relationship with her was so different that we just like, we've never found a way to like talk to each other. Yeah. yeah. So that's uh, how many year difference between He is brother? four years older than me. Okay. I'm about to say, yeah. yeah. My brother's three years older and I'm three years older than the twins. So mm. three years, yeah, three, four years. That's that's a nice amount, I find. Yeah, it's a good, like, we were always, growing up, we were very close. Mm -hmm. And then, like, in high school, we were in the same school for just the right amount of time before he left. Oh, (laughs) I know what that means. It worked out. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, I, okay, do you hear what? (laughs) She got something to say. She wants to be on the podcast. She's in every episode, actually. <laughs> She's like, oh, this is my show. You're welcome. Yeah. This is my segment. Everyone yeah. else quiet. Um, so fast forwarding a little bit, mm-hmm. um, I guess starting with you, where were yeah. you in life when your mom passed away? So I was in Toronto. I, I was in Toronto and everybody was obviously in Montreal. And uh you know, I guess it was just like a regular day. I remember I went to sleep early. And the next day, I woke up to 77 missed messages, missed calls. And you already know that's never a good a good thing, right? Uh, I, I remember the night before, that was weird. I was like, I'm going to stop smoking weed. I remember saying that, like, the night before. I'm, like, I'm not going to smoke. I went to bed, and I woke up to all this. And then my friends are calling me. My friends from Montreal calling me, my family, my brother, my sister, my brother, my sister, people from Haiti and uh, Miami are calling me. And I was like, what? Uh, I called my sister. And my sister is like trying to, she's like, Daphne? I'm like, yeah. And then she's not, she can't seem to get the word out. So she's like, mommy, um, yeah, yeah, an accident. And I was like, what's going on? Just tell me. Like, I'm not, and she's not, the words are not coming out. And I get very, that kind of shit really bothers me. I Just tell me. I, I don't have the slow, uh, Haitians are really good. I was like, sit down. Do you want a tea? Do you want some coffee? I'm going to make something for you. You're like, no, fucking just tell me what's going on because I know something is happening. And she can't seem to get it. So I hang up the phone and I call my brother. Uh, and my brother just says it right away. I was like, Dave? He's like, mommy, mommy, this is it. Boom. That's it. And I... I remember, like, I was so, like, I, I think I yelled. I, I must have yelled. And my partner, my ex was there, and he wakes up, and I yelled, and I I told him, and then he's like, no, like, he loved her. He loves my, my mom. My mom loves my, my ex, too. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, he was like, what? He's trying to say, he wants to say, no, that's not fair. But at the same time, I'm like, Walking around, and I think I'm crying. I'm not really sure. Nothing seems to make sense. And then um, I went to Montreal. Immediately, I went to Montreal. And I cried on my way to the airport. I cried in the plane. Um, I cried so much. And then at a point, I was like, this is a mistake. People are freaking out. 
like something flipped in my head and the plane. I was like looking around like, yo, people are fucked up. This is so funny. It was like, there is no way. I, the same way I didn't want to talk about sex with my mom. I didn't want to talk about her not ever being there. You know, my mom would be like, one day I'm not going to be here. And I was like, no, <laughs> you're going to be here forever. She's like, definitely you're not. I'm like, well, this is, this is the decision I made. And I was 31, so I wasn't like a kid. But <laughs> I, I, I couldn't even say that I would never put those two words that those two words together. My mom not being here, my mom dead. I didn't even like, and I know this sounds weird, but when I would meet people who their mom had passed away, there is always something in my head where I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be around you too long because I don't want to absorb that energy. I used to think that, like, not I knew my mom, but just I was like, this scares me. This the same way it, I feel scared when I go to hospitals because I feel all of this pain and sadness. Or when I pass by a homeless shelter, I, mean, I can't breathe. I feel like I'm absorbing all of that. So when people would tell me they they didn't have their mom, I was like, whoa, <laughs> I can't be really next to you because almost like whatever you have, I'm gonna get it, and I don't want it. So when she, when it all happened, it it was I don't even know what to say. Everything happened like. Sh- so fast and I get there and people are hugging and then I'm seeing all these people who I've, I haven't seen in a long time because I'm not in Montreal anymore so I'm seeing people and I'm like hey then I was like they're here because your mom is not here this is not this is not a party but in my in my brain at the same time I'm like I haven't seen my cousin in seven years I I am happy to see her so that's all that's happening and for two weeks I don't really sleep because I knew that I'm like, if I go to bed, I'm going to dream about her. And then I'm going to wake up. And I know I'm going to. So I didn't sleep. I know I'm going to. So I did. I would move around, um, do other stuff. But sleeping did not really happen for two solid weeks. I was in Montreal for about two weeks. I couldn't. Why did you not want to dream about her? Because I'm like, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to know it's, she's not there. I can't. I, I don't want to let down in the morning. The letdown is too, too much. It's too, and my dreams are, I have very like, maybe it's because I've always had such a big imagination. When I dream, I, I'm in it, right? Like everyone else, but it's, it's like I'll wake up and still be pissed or still be upset with it. It just, I couldn't do it. I didn't want to go through, oh my God, oh, mommy, I'm so happy this was just a dream because, oh my God, thank God. And then, and I would pass by her. Every time I've been in the house, I would look, down the street, I'm like, I'm going to see her coming in. I was like, okay. Then when we went to bed, I remember going, we can't go to bed. Mommy's not here. What are we doing? And then my sister's birthday happened uh, later on, my mom's birthday, and then my sister's birthday. And I remember going, okay, now you're going to show up for, you didn't show up for yours. Okay. But you're going to show up for like the twins' birthday. You're going to have to. And the whole time we're in the restaurant and me and my brother and my sister were talking, we're laughing. And I'm like, she's supposed to come in. This is, I think it took me like a whole year to be like, yeah, no, no, she's not coming back. Yeah. I, I don't remember how long it was, but for like every family dinner, every like family trip or yeah. anything, I just, I was like, she's supposed to be here. This is wrong. Like mm-hmm. She's supposed to be here. My brother's wife, um, their family live in Scarborough, and they invited us over for dinner. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting at the dinner table, like there's like six other people, everyone's sitting and eating, and I mm-hmm. couldn't 
put the food in my mouth because there were just tears streaming down my face because I was uh, like, last time we were here, she was here. She was sitting next to me. This is wrong. This is all wrong. None of this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. One thing that stands out for me hearing your story is that it happened overnight. Like you weren't prepared at all. Yeah. And I think that is really hard for me to understand because for me, my mom was sick for like eight months before she passed away. And so I had kind of seen it coming. Like we all knew Mm -hmm. she's not going to make it out this time. We were all mentally preparing And I remember, because you said, like, your mom would try to have these conversations with you of, like, when I'm not here, Mm -hmm. my mom would try to teach me how to cook so that I could take care of myself after she passed away. And I just, I never learned how to cook from her because I was like, no, that's not, like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Because I didn't want to imagine a time where she wouldn't be there to cook for me. Yeah, I know what you mean. When you say that it, like, that... And I even as like I say like oh we were all prepared it still literally took my breath away like even then like when she passed away I you know I literally lost control of my legs I felt like like I was not I was not prepared that's something you can't prepare for but I can't imagine what that was like to you know literally flip the switch overnight so I just wanted to yeah. hear a little bit more about that It was it, it, I've never been stabbed before, but it was similar to that. Mm. It was like, and it's like, and immediately I also felt in a weird way, a little bit relief, very, very small, because I remember being always afraid of my mom not being here. And I remember going, I'm never going to be afraid of that again. This very quickly, that thought came like that little worried you've, You've had, well, you'll, it, you'll never have it. I'm still afraid of, for my brother and my sisters and my, but my mom was like, okay, never. And I thought about all the time, for example, during the winter, my poor mom would always slip, always. She There's one winter, she has to fall at least once. And every winter, I'm like, one day you can really hurt. <laughs> she wasn't even clumsy, but she just had always one big, I even bought her thing for her shoes. So every winter, I'm like, oh, monster, I'm going to get that call that mommy fell she it's like one fall that would worry and it was gone it was like this is I feel relieved but by by the time you even acknowledge that feeling your mom I was like mom's dead and something that I wasn't really able to talk about before but then I I kind of not embraced it but I'm like this is part of how she died like it was a hit and run and my mom and that the part that really drives that makes it like it makes um you know sometimes you want to make yourself feel really bad like you want to you want to hurt yourself almost is when I realized that my mom died alone in the streets and I was like so in that image sometimes I I don't know why I say that it must be the the performer and you know the writer who wants to access this really deep level of pain but I'm like my mom died quitting I spoke to my mom on a Thursday she was, my mom was supposed to go on vacation. She never took vacation, but she went, she was, my uncle was going to take her on vacation on a cruise because my mom loved boats and she'd never, ever take vacation. That's really like big. So on fr- Thursday, I spoke to her and she was telling me that one of her other job, because she had a few jobs, uh, she wanted to quit on Saturday. She's like, the commute is too long. 
I don't want to go to that that location on Saturdays. I don't think I'm going to go anymore. Okay, that's what she's telling me. And on Thursday, we're talking about like, what she's going to wear. I'm like, you're going to your first vacation? She's like, yes, I bought this dress. We're laughing. On Saturday, she quits her job at 9 o'clock. Uh, she gives them the letter. They're like, oh, we're going to miss you. And she walks out of her job and she gets hit by a car. And for a woman who, so she never makes it to her vacation. That's not even, my uncle still had her luggage in his bag, in his car. And then I look at everything that, first of all, I'm like, you didn't even get, the person who did it didn't even have the decency or the humanity to just help you. Like to what you would do to a decent to a human being, you didn't get that. Um, you didn't even get to make it to home, and you were alone. After everything that you've done, after all putting everyone before nonstop, like putting everyone before you, putting supporting your 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 kids and being a teacher where you know your mom's and a teacher too this is a non this is not a bullshit job this is a non-stop given especially when you have kids who has trouble and then pull and being that person that always helps and then that's it your chapter ends like this with no one and me as i always wanted to be an actress something that i always wanted to was to spoil my mom that was the thing like I would see my mom looking at her bills and having her head down when I was young. And I'm like, I could either make a joke. The joke's going to last for a little bit, but it's not going to help pay the bills. So I would go up to her and I'm like, you know, I mean, in a few years, this is not going to be a problem anymore because I'm going to be rich. And then she would entertain that. She'd be like, mm, merci, Daphne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get the house. And I'm saying all these things and I'm speaking into existence. But I'm also saying like, don't I'll take care of you eventually. Like, and she was always like, Oh, that's not what I want. I don't want these big things. I just want to make sure you guys are okay and blah blah blah. And I'm like, I didn't even get to do that. I felt so bad on top, and then I felt bad about my sibling having to find this out. People are waiting, they don't know where my mom is. So my sister's like, that day, my sister was like, I'm gonna come pick you up. My mom was like, No, I just want to go home, you know, on my own. So my sister's driving to find her. My other sister is driving with her friend. They're all like looking for my mom. My sister makes it back to her job. So drives back home all the way and then sees it's all blocked. And the way my sister explains it to me, when she gets there, she's like, my mom worked in this place. And the guy's like, no, 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 you can't. You can't come in. He's like, please, she has a boo. And he's like, what's your mom's name? And then my sister said, I said my mom's name. And the police officer went, oh. He kind of went like, oh, now I have to tell this woman that the, the the body that's on the floor is your mom. So then my sister has to call the other sister, and that's called my brother. And my siblings are going through this horrible thing where I'm home sleeping, thinking that I haven't smoked weed because I'm like, I'm going to stop smoking. This combination, and I was like, all of this makes it a, so fucking painful to, to a point where I'm like, after this happened, I remember I, I like I turned to God and I was like, well, you won. This is the thing I didn't want to happen and it has happened and I knew eventually would happen, but I am done. I am done. Bye. You, you got it. Do whatever you want. I'm done. I'm, I've, I've checked out. I feel nothing. There, there's no more. Everything that was fun in me just dried up. And 
And I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. You won. Like, I have nothing else to give you. There's absolutely nothing else there. You took my mom and you took her. And then he went on the news and it was a big, cause now the guy had to turn himself in. Then it became a criminal thing. And then my cousin put it on her Facebook. Cause they're like, we're looking, I wasn't, I didn't want it to be posted, but he posted on Facebook. Like, I can't believe this happened to my aunt. Oh. And I'm like, well, and now everyone knew everyone. So, and then the articles being uh, like shared, cause we're looking for the, the person. And then there's a picture of the, not the body, right. But with the, the body bag, you know, like that's my mom. And then they don't even say her name. It, it's just called pedestrian. And I'm looking at everything that's wrong. I'm like, her name, she's not just a pedestrian. That's Rosette. No, she was in 65. She was 64. And I'm seeing everything. No, she was done at night. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, she's from, she's Haitian. Yeah, she was a teacher. I can't even, I'm looking for anything, I guess, to make sense of this whole situation. But it's too much. And then I, after, I'm like, you know what? Nothing will feel as bad as this. And I think this is where I felt like I was coming back up very slowly. I'm like, this, nothing will feel as worse as this moment. You got it. This, put it in a little little box. It's like, this is it. Whatever you were afraid to do, like, oh, I can't do this. I'm nervous. You, your mom is dead. That is not even a thing that you were able to say before. Nothing will feel worse than this moment. That is it. I don't care about nothing else. And then I immediately looked at my brother and my sisters. I was like, please don't go. I don't want to lose you. The idea of like, you guys have to stay, right? Because I have nothing. It's, 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 it's sad and weird how draining it is. It hurts and, you, yeah. it hurts and everything, but it's not even the pain. And I'm like, there is, you made me not feel anything anymore. And then in two weeks, I'm back on stage making jokes. Uh, making people laugh, and then I'm going back to my apartment. I had gone through a really bad breakup when I was like 24, I want to say, and I remember it was like, at the time, it felt like rock bottom. I was like, nothing will ever, like, this is so hard. I was really in love, and it didn't work out, and I was like devastated, Mm -hmm. and I remember always being like, oh, that was rock bottom for me. Like, that was a really, really hard time, and then when my mom died at 27, it was like, Oh fuck me! <laughs> like, like, oh, this is rock bottom. Yeah. Like, Got I it. didn't even. I hadn't even touched the surface of rock bottom before. It was like <laughs> the pit of the pit of the pit, and I just remember being like, "Wow, I didn't realize I was a child until this moment." Yes, until this moment. Like, I've always been protected. It's yes. the same thing you said. Where like I always had my mom to keep me safe. Like it doesn't matter what was going on in the world. I always had someone to come home to. Like I had this inbuilt safety net. And when she was gone, it's like, I'm alone. Like I'm alone Completely. forever. And that's, yeah. that's it. I, I felt like uh, I, I kept thinking, and I had all these very visual uh, example in my head of what how bad this feels. I, w- I would say it feels like if I was a, a turtle and then you take um, – I don't know the word in English. Yeah, <laughs> you take it out and then whatever, because it's attached to them. Like it mm-hmm. literally will kill them if you pull it out. But I just, sometimes mm-hmm. I would imagine how tender and how sensitive that skin must be. 
if you would if you'd be a horrible person and you rip one out, don't do it. Anyone at home, I don't think anyone who listens to your podcast <laughs> would do that. So I don't need that disclaimer. But I picture how that skin is it's it's fresh, it's red, it's you can't even touch it. Like that's what it feels like everywhere. But I immediately felt like an orphan. I'm like, I don't. I never had a dad. Never bothered me. But now I'm like, now I don't have a mom. And I look at my brother and my sisters. I'm like, it's just us. And I, I think like, I don't know how you felt, but that year after my mom passed, I feel like I aged ten years. Like, oh I yeah, just it's that same thing of like I wasn't a child anymore, and so I just had to like grow up. And I made. Yep. So many big decisions. I remember at the time, like, my friends and family were telling me, like, you shouldn't make any big decisions in the first year yeah. after your parent dies. Yeah. I was making all of the big decisions. I was like, nothing matters anyway. There are no consequences. We all just die. Like, I was in that place of, like, nothing matters. I'm just going to do what I want to. And I also fe- felt like on the flip side of that, going through this and, like, slowly sort of like when I went back into the world because that's the Mm. other thing like I didn't really like I after she passed away I had six weeks kind of away from the world because we traveled to Bangladesh to bury her Um, but I remember coming back to Canada after that and like the first day that I was going to work or like the first day I was going to do something comedy related I was like I'm fucking bulletproof None of you can touch me. Like it yeah. didn't matter. Man, that's so that really resonated with me because it's just that moment of like, I don't have my mom. And you don't even know what you just that line is so heavy. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like, yeah, and my mom is dead. So I can't really have time for nobody's bullshit. It, it's it, it's it's as if you have this thing. And I remember thinking, knowing, not even thinking, people have told me that I made them uncomfortable but not me Daphne or my behavior but just what had happened to me was so sudden just like mm-hmm. that's the thing that you you read like that anything could happen should it, it felt like that I was kind of a living example of like oh you remember that thing that that's out of the blue that someone yeah this is what happened to Daphne's mom and and it, it, it's like you start you join my sister said this things like when you lose a, a mom in particular you join this group of people who it's almost like not that you think you're above everyone else that is not what I'm saying but it's like we went through this pain that's like you know and I'm sure every mother who gave birth is like we went through this pain we all have these little group but I immediately felt super connected by anyone who said they lost their mom and I didn't know what else to say it's not like I could do I could help them but I'm like just so you know like and then somehow the person would be like yo i'm like all right so and it felt really like oh there's a small little community there yeah uh one of my uh friends slash like castmates and the Mm. master she calls it the shit club she's like yeah this huge thing happens and you instantly enter you're welcomed into the shit club where everyone understands because I like I was 27 and most of my friends still had parents and they were trying to be like, hey, what can we do? Like, you know, what do you need? And I just was like, I need my mom. Like, can you do something Absolutely. about that? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That is the best. What can I do? Yeah. And like being able to sit in a room with a group of people who understood that feeling is yeah. like 
nice to just be able to talk about it because I, I, you may have felt the same. Like for me, grieving my mom was like the loneliest fucking experience yeah. in the entire world. There's a reason why moms are like moms. <laughs> like, yeah, they, they, there's this thing, like nothing else matters. They are magical. They are powerful. Like it, they create like your inside, like they give you so much of them. Yeah. Like, I, I remember just going one. I wanted to find everyone who lost their mom and just hug them, and just hug them. And I want. I wanted to just see. I was like, "Are you feeling empty too? If I hug you, am I gonna? I'm an extrovert. I feel off out of. Or can I rebuild my energy a little bit with you? <laughs> it, it's just it's nonstop. It's that. Is that hollowness that you feel? Like, can I connect? And I always wanted to talk about my mom. I. Yeah. I remember I joked like the first six months after my mom died, every sentence I spoke started with my mom used to. Absolutely. I like couldn't stop talking about her. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was making people around me very uncomfortable. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, was like, I was like, I don't care. My mom was amazing. You're going to hear about her. Absolutely. It, I, I used to hide the way she died. I used to, I'm like, I am saying whatever because my mom was the best. And I actually feel bad for you because you don't know my mom. It's and I think that keeps um, that was probably part of my therapy that I need not just that I need it I need to talk about my mom she's a background on my phone she's you're gonna get my mom in this conversation so when you approach me with a podcast about my mom I'm like excuse me this is what I've been doing in every other <laughs> podcast we're talking about improv I'm like yes improv is super important and yes any is super important but my mom made me laugh the other day she did this thing when was that five years ago you know what I mean I'm gonna talk about my mom whatever podcast you're getting it <laughs> yeah I I realized this several years after she died but I was like she never has to be in the room to be a part of the conversation she is in some way part of every conversation doesn't matter what's happening in my life what I'm doing who I'm talking to like there's some part of me that's always in touch with her yep and so like some part of her is coming through in every conversation I have. Absolutely. I definitely honor her and like Haitian, again, I told you are very spiritual. So I have an altar for my mom mm. and I do some, I do like, I do like moon water when it's a full moon, I put all my crystals and stuff like that. I give her a little bit of moon water. Does this Haitian sweet um, alcohol d- desserts. I, I would say that my mom will love. And I got some from Montreal. I, give the, I have a little cup that's downstairs for her. She loves rice, so when I'm making rice, I give her a little bowl. In my spirituality and in my whole journey, I was like, I have to thank her for all the sacrifice, not just her, every other woman in my life to make it this. So, yeah, she's getting all of this. And I talk about this. I talk about this with people who are like, like, you know, I, I was talking this, to this guy, and then I don't know if I turned him off, but I was like, I was making my moon water for my mom. And then I thought if I put the crystals around and I was like, maybe, you know, this is probably not the sexiest talk, but I'm honoring her like as much as I can. And I know the best thing to honor her would be for me to be happy. And I was like, this makes me happy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this has like anything to do with the podcast or like grieving process, but I personally find it very hard to date people with alive parents now. (laughs) 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 It's hard. I don't know. I don't know what that says about me, but like, 
it's hard honestly like it's like i've tried and it's all like i don't know like anytime they start talking about their their mom or something in my head i'm like my mom's better Sorry, never got to meet her. My mom was yeah. better. It's like yeah. this weird I definitely, I definitely understand that part. For me, it's not just dating anyone who comes across me. Mm-hmm. That little boy in the pink. My mom did that. Yeah, but my mom was the best. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing will be the same because she's not there. All the little gold mm-hmm. flakes that she left on this, this earth, you were lucky if you got to meet her, if you got some of her, her spark and some of her magic. Good for you. I'm so sorry for everyone else. And that's what helps me heal. Yeah, I I really feel that it changes you Mm -hmm. in a way that it literally changes every single part of your life. I didn't expect that. And again, like I knew for a long time that my mom was going to die. Like it was like eight months of just like watching her slowly decaying and knowing like, hey, she's she's going to die. I know. I know this. And yet I didn't. I knew like, oh, She's not going to, you know, be there when I come home. She's not – I'm not going to be able to eat her foods. I'm not going to be able to, like, watch her watch the Mm -hmm. news. Like, all these little things I knew. And yet I did not expect, like, all these – every other part of my life that she had somehow touched. And I just – I was completely – I don't know. Like you said earlier, like it's the closest thing to feeling stabbed. Everything. I was still working on my nine to five. And I remember every time you had to uh, work in an alarm company. So you had to create these folders and then put these dates. And I remember going back to every folders between July, uh, before July 3rd, before July 4th. And just opening it. It's not even pictures about me. They're just pictures about like, the camera that were moved, it wasn't a security company. So I'm looking at these pictures that I've saved and I'm like, this was a Daphne before. And I'm looking at these folders that have nothing to do about my mom. But I'm like, this is a completely different Daphne. And then I got to a point where I felt bad for this Daphne. Oh, she doesn't know. She doesn't know. And then I think about Daphne, July 4th, but before nine o'clock, she doesn't know that in 30 minutes, Almost like it's like back to the future where there's a multiple versions of you. You're just like that, that Daphne, there's an, oh, there's always that version of me that, excuse me, that is constantly suffering. Cause she's always learning that Daphne, your mom's dead. Daphne, uh, July 4th in the morning, I woke up at like six is always gonna, is always suffering. That Daphne in that minute is always hearing. Mommy, this day, mommy, this day, mommy, this day. Yeah. So I want to learn a little bit about your grieving process. So you said something that shook me, which is that mm-hmm. you were back on stage two weeks after your mom died. Mm-hmm. What was that like? I felt definitely like a zombie mm-hmm. doing it. And I felt weird because everyone in the community knew, right? Oh, that I was like, oh, I didn't want it. So I felt like either people felt bad for me, but didn't want too and because i you know me i am someone who i i, I I'm, I'm a lot <laughs> i'm talk a lot i smile I like I, I think i come with this energy i'm always smiling and then i was like i don't know if i could bring this but at the same time i'm like it is part of who i am i don't know what my process was but i definitely knew i couldn't stop performing what I was eight, what I wasn't able to do was to chill after. When I was done a show, I was like, 
You know how we're able, I remember every time I was on a show, I'm like, I have to go, bye. And I'll talk, I'm like, I'm leaving. And it felt like I had to leave. Not just I had to go, I had to leave immediately. I would take the cab and run back and get back home. I wasn't in a rush or anything. I'm like, I have to be home right now. I will give you the show. I will perform. I will say thank you. I'll connect for a second. I'm like, and it was almost like a, there was a timer. I'm like, well, 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 leave now. I'm like, okay, I got to go. I have to leave immediately because I don't know. Maybe I will fall apart in front of everyone. I don't know. And as soon as I get home, it's not like I would get home and fall apart. But I just couldn't be around. Mm. Maybe I wanted to be with my brother and my sisters, but I didn't want to be in a bar with other comics. And I wanted to be with my family. I wanted my family, family people who are suffering just as much as me to be with me. One thing you said that took my breath away. Um, so this past week was four years since my mom passed. And I took the day off work. I like the week before I had therapy and I had mentioned to my therapist like, oh, it's going to be four years. And even as I was saying to her, it's going to be four years, I started crying because I was like, I can't believe that. I can't believe I have somehow managed to be okay for four years without her. And on the day that, you know, like on the actual anniversary day, I had taken the day off work. I woke up, felt okay. I made breakfast. Okay, and the whole day I was like uncomfortable in my body because I was like, "Why do I feel okay?" And my best friend, like, she was texting me, she called me, like, Facetime me. She was like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm mostly okay," until like one thing happened, and then I like, <laughs> I had like a quick, like, two minute sob where I was just like, "Oh!" Like, just like cried so hard, like let it out. Everything that needed to come out came out in those two minutes. And then the rest of the day, I just kind of went around like, I feel okay. And I feel really shitty that I feel okay. I can't believe that I've managed to go four years and uh, somehow be okay without her. How dare you? Like, I was supposed to fall apart. Yeah. You know, I was supposed to be a mess. Like, I'm not the fuck. And that's the fucked up thing about grieving. It's fucked up that you're sad. It's fucked up. And then then you feel better. And then you're like, fuck, how dare I? And I, my biggest worry is that I'm like, that I forget her voice. And I close my eyes. I'm like, I know what her voice sounds like. I know I could, I know I could do it. Or I, I would say if I could, if I could draw my mom, if I could paint her, I would be able to, because I knew, I knew how her hands look. I knew her how her under eye look. If I had the skills, I would make my mom. I could rebuild her. I could rebuild it if he gave me the tool. And, but her voice, I'm like, what? I know what it sounds like, but I don't hear it. But I hear it if I force myself because I'm like, I gotta hear it. But I don't hear it like I used to hear it, like here. Now I, I, it's very mechanic. I'm like, that is what her voice sounds like. But here, I don't. Because now it's just memories or something. And I hate that. Like, you know her voice, I'm like, and I have this fight with myself. I mean, Daphne, you know the voice. Yeah, you do. I can't, that is a part of the of the puzzle that I can't fix. And my aunt had sent me a video of my mom filming my her sisters and my nephew. So at no point do you see my mom. You just hear her voice. And she she does that. 
she's laughing in it and she's filming and in the video she's like oh did you see that and you know the little um cell phone jewelry that the little hangy thing me and my mom we love those like we're like two young kids and i had got i should when she came to toronto i took her to pacific mall and that was our shit pacific mall we loved that. We would walk all of them. And then <laughs> she would love that. My mom was like, I love this place. I'm like, mm -hmm. coming back. I remember my partner was like, you could take her anywhere else. I'm like, no, absolutely not. It's Pacific Mall on this end and Kensington Market. This is Toronto for my mom. And I'm walking with her and my mom is doing the video. And then my uncle says something. And then she said, of course, Daphne gave me the little thing. And I'm like, she said my name. Hearing her say my name was like, this is it. But at no point do you see her. This is the weird part. And at a point, there's a, a mirror there where she goes like this, but my mom always had her phone on flash, which I never understood why. So it goes like this, and you just see the flash on the mirror, but you don't see her. So she's talking, and then she's filming. She's like, Daphne did that video. Ah, Daphne, Daphne Madonisa. And she's, it's moving. And I'm like, even for a second, if I wish I could see her, I don't even get to, I just see this really bright light. It felt so like a movie, right? I can't see her. I can't see, but the voices, not only is the voices, I'm like, she said my name. That's like, I would go back and listen. To, I go back and just listen to that, the whole thing. But when she said, Daphne gave it to me. And then someone was like, oh, you're a superstar now. And she's like, yes, I am. Didn't you know? She's like, I'm, not only my daughter is an actress, I am one too. And she's making these things. And I was like, it's about me. I I'm, I feel like I'm watching a movie, like on a big screen. And this, the, 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 the actor is referring to me. And I was like, she's talking about me. She said, my name. And she said the word actress. And she made a joke and she's laughing. And that little clip is like, 10, 15 seconds, but you wish that shit was like three hours. <laughs> I've thought a lot about these videos of loved ones who are long gone. I have a few of these videos of my mom and I don't talk about them with many people. I don't share them with friends or family, not even partners. They're great videos, but they're not for anyone else. They're for me to watch over and over and over again whenever I feel like it and to think about where we used to be and where we are now. Like Daphne said, it's like a bizarre version of Back to the Future, watching your old life through new eyes and seeing what you couldn't see before. That's what grief feels like sometimes. It feels pointless. But then you catch a glimpse of a smile you haven't seen in a few years, and just for a second, everything is okay. It lasts just a few seconds, and you wish you could watch the rest of that unfinished movie. But you can't. That's grief. That's all this week. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts to listen, and please rate and leave us a review. It really helps. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at FindersGrievers and write to us at FindersGrievers at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you in two weeks.
This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.